that's not. Hello. Hello. Hey, people, we back. Act to the podcast, episode 55. We are back in the building. It's your boy, International Walk. It's your girl, Tosh, the co-host is with the mostest. I just got to tell y'all something real funny. One of these days, we're going to do a compilation of the pre-show antics because he's a fool. That's all I just want to put out there. I'm a fool. She a fool. She <laughs> just was hoit hoiting on the mic. Talking about <laughs> they I'm don't know fool. what hoit hoit is. But they'll learn. He's a fool. We're going to release some pre-show. You know, it, it it's funny. Hey y'all! What's Sometimes up? we argue before the show, but Sometimes. not not all the time. Yeah, it's not necessarily. It's argue, probably been bigger. like three shows where we had like a, home. like a blow up, blow up. No, we or had to like, like have a kumbaya. Spread. Yeah, yeah. A couple shows I was about to do, but we always show up. Off. Um, back to the podcast episode fifty five, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Breaker, Anchor, Spotify. Google Podcasts. Radio Public. Radio Public. All the platforms. You can see our faces. No need to have any excuses why you shouldn't be seeing our, our faces. And www.actthepodcast.com. Yeah, won't forget to go there. That'll take you everywhere you need to be. You'll see everything you need to see. It's all right there. What is it Us. again? Actthepodcast.com. No, www.actthepodcast.com. I don't think you have to say www nowadays. Really? No. Okay. It's just actthepodcast.com. The www is insinuated. You remember when we used to be like, the World Wide Web? I don't. I wasn't on computers then. Oh. I was in them streets. The streets eating scrub. I was in them streets. Um, how are you? I no! <laughs> how are you? Now I'm a little afraid. Maybe that's how I am. <laughs> I am doing well. You know, this healing recovery period has been great for me mentally most days. Mm-hmm. It plays, my mm-hmm. mind plays some tricks on me some days because I be feeling like I got cabin fever. I and then I talk it. to myself like, girl, enjoy this cabin fever. Like, it is what it is. Your daddy coming home. She but, been talking shit later, talking about, oh, I need some time off. Like, yeah, so I am appreciating. You just had six weeks off. I'm appreciating the time off, so I am doing well mentally. I'm at a nine today. A little spicy, huh? Yeah. Why are you at a nine? Um, just because I'm filled with gratitude. You know, I, you know, my health has some questions about it. I got some more testing for those who have been checking up on me, asking me how I'm doing. I'm doing fine. Still got some more, you know, things to do, but overall, <coughs> I'm doing fine, and I ain't complaining. Um, I ain't claiming nothing negative. Uh, I'm good. Um, What's work? Work is a 10. Because you're not there. Yeah. And I actually, I was telling him earlier, not that I want to go back any sooner than I am expected back, but I feel invigorated. Like the reset button has been hit. I don't love my job. I like it most days. I'm great at what I do. Um, And I feel like I can go back and be better at what I was doing. So, you know, I'm getting to that point where I feel reinvigorated. I don't care about what's going on while I'm not there, but, you know, I feel I feel good. So my job is a 10. How you feel like being taken care of with your broke ass? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just uh, say, if it's in God's plans for me to be a professional homemaker, Lord, I'm receiving. I am, I'm available. That's all. What's your... um? I mean, your finances. My finances are 10. 10? Yeah, it's a 10. I got something. 
No, you can't hold nothing. We got things to do with that money. Right. And we doing it. We making it happen. I haven't done, done. Let me tell y'all, I have not bought anything since Christmas. Ain't that a good thing? It is just over a month later. Good or, it's not good or bad. The facts are, I haven't bought anything. It's called discipline. And you know what? And I, I'm going to share this with you too. Not only is it discipline, it's obedience. Now, follow me, ladies, because I know some women may not be of the mind of being submissive and obedient to your husbands. I am. I'm not saying you're wrong if you're not. It is what it is. And I don't need your opinions about whether or not how you feel about me being obedient to my husband. But we had an agreement that we would, you know, not do any unnecessary shopping, any, any unnecessary purchases. Um, because we have some things going on in our life. And then once this process is over, then we can resume that. And I have been this close to making like, oh, this is just small. And then if I do after pay, you know, this small purchase, it'll be in smaller increments. And you know what? But I, I have thought to myself every time, nope. Because while he may not fuss, or he may fuss a little bit, but not like be really mad. For me, it felt good to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I told him I wasn't going to do it, and I'm not. Wow. Give me some. And I, I, I mean, appreciate that. Yeah, and it was like, you know what? It's nothing that I need that I can't have. Even though we forgot to get my Metamucil. I do need Metamucil. This <laughs> sounds like the senior citizens podcast. It's nothing you? that I need that I can't have. And it's nothing that I needed to buy. It was things that I wanted. But I was like... And I will say this, this might be a little bit of selfishness. I'm like, God rewards obedience. And God rewards, you know, when you honor your relationship. Yeah. And not to say, he. it's not the fact that I'm not shopping. It's that I'm honoring the promise that I made, the agreement that we have between each our, other. This thing that we're doing is done. And then yeah, and it made me feel... Kind of go back to... And it, it, it's a struggle. I like to shop. I Not like things. normal, but things can go back to, you know, because she does work and she does bring in a decent amount of dough to the um, the table. So, yeah. She'll be able to go I back and, rain. and do her thing and be happy. Be yeah. content. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did want to share that with you and not for like no pat on the back i'm being sick like this me and you i'm being serious but it but you know that was a couple times was like Shh. one day you was getting on my nerves i was like i'm buying buy something because it, it was gonna make me feel good but then it was like you know what th th this is my mindset this i maybe i think too far but i was like you know what I'm going to buy something because he's getting on my nerves right now. And that's going to make me feel good to buy something. And then when it comes and I got to hide it, then I'm going to feel like a creep. Not that I don't hide packages often, but I do that because I want to and I don't want to hear his mouth. But in this situation, he we specifically agreed not to shop. So I would have been being, I felt like I would have been being deceitful. And then if he would have said, babe, what's these charges and stuff? And then I would have had, so for me, it was just like, nah, I just didn't want to be that person. That's cool. I appreciate that. Um, so, overall, I'm a nine. Yeah. How nine, are you? Ten, ten. I'm good. <laughs> Did you I have to think? I was about to scream. No, how are you? No, you like no. scared me. I thought you... I, I thought, thought it was coming. I was breaking myself. But you short-circuited. No, I don't short-circuit. <laughs> um, no, no. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm very good. I'm very good. Life is good right now. Um... Not that it's not always good. Every day I wake up, life is good. Um, 
My sure. baby gets up so early, four um, o'clock in the morning. Mental? I'm a nine. Yeah, that's I'm good. At a nine, and that's because I want to be. I'm probably an eight and a half, but I'm pushing myself to be a nine. Round up, round up. Yeah, I round up to the <laughs> highest number. Um, finances is a ten. I don't want for anything. Uh, the thing that I do want, I'm going to get, and um, yeah. So I don't want for anybody. Um, that's awesome. Don't need nothing either. Um, got a little weed over there. I'm straight. <laughs> How's work? Work is about a nine. Ooh. Yeah, works a nine. Works good. Nobody bothering me. Nobody fucking up my chi. Works good. Let's make let's challenge each other to what? to be at a ten next week. Um, Not to fake it, but to do whatever we can in our power. Now, if something happens that draws us away from that, yeah, I mean, I can we could say that now, but that's kind of being perfect to get up here and be like ten, ten, ten. No, like, I mean, let's just challenge ourselves. Not like I'm um, like competition, but an internal challenge to not let anything disrupt your chi, and to allow you to reach that level of nirvana where you feel like oh. You see how she played that? That one. <laughs> um, wilds and woes. Um, what you start with? <coughs> you know, I'm going to start with my woe. That way we can end on a... Actually, when I think about it, y'all... 31% this week, so... Might be half dying over here through the show. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll say the only woe, when this maybe not like a bad woe, I miss my kids. You know, during this recovery period, watch your face. Walk, walk. Like, no. During this recovery period, I've had to sort of quarantine um, just because of some issues in my... Now, this is outside of the normal, like, quarantining because of the vid and all that. Um, but just because of my immune system and just to, you know, I was a little susceptible to um, things. So, kids are dirty and nasty, even the ones that we love most. Um, so, I've had to quarantine... Yeah, I've had the quarantine. So, like, even when we go to stores and stuff, I stay in the car. But, like, I like to go out for a ride. Like, you take the dog out for a ride. <laughs> I ain't nobody's puppy, though. But you know what I mean. So, I do miss my kids. So, that's my only woe. I FaceTime them all the time. But, you know, it's like, wah, wah, wah. I can't wait to hug and kiss my babies. Um, But that's the only well. My wow, just grateful for the husband that I have. And grateful for the way God is showing up in our life. Um, we know we've been kind of being very um, kind of discreet and talking about things. But we look forward to sharing um, news and things that go on in our life, you know, once it's at the appropriate time. But during this phase of our life, I guess if we had to name this chapter, it's, it's like God has been showing up and showing out. And, you know, even when things... It's definitely act two. Yeah, definitely like act, act two. two for real. And even when things, you know, may seem a little, I don't even want to say glum, uncertain, he be like, ah, 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 did you forget who I am? Yeah. And I thank my husband for being the man that he is because he's been stressing really about taking care of me and God has been taking care of him to let him know that he'll be able to take care of me. So the real wow is to God. There you go. That's that. <laughs> That was like a circle. Pack it up. Let's go. You know how I bought that full circle? Episode 55 wrapped up. <laughs> What's your wow um, this week? My wow is that just personal business that we're handling that we will share in the future. Come, you know, it. it's it's lining up. And I'm really appreciative of that. Like you said, I was stressing. Um, 
stressing to the point where I got physical pain yeah. um, in my shoulder. Y'all might see me grab my shoulder every once in a while because it hurt like a son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, just the fact that things are lining up, um, it really does feel like act two. And I'm so grateful and appreciative of that. And more grateful that I'm doing it with you. So that's that's a blessing. Um, what's I your woe? My woe is Colby and Gigi. Um, today is the day. This week, you know. Yeah. This week is this um, two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary of Colby and Gigi, and I don't know. I still can't believe it. I cry every time I think about it. Um, I watched Kobe play his whole career. I seen all his games. I seen what he was about. I seen his struggles. I seen his ups, his downs, and I just loved him. Never met him, but he was it for me. Like Mamba mentality is it for me, and I believe in his his message. Um, I miss seeing him, in, you know, at the playoffs and basketball games. That shit breaks my heart every time I hear about. I mean, I think about his daughter. Um, me and you talked about it today. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just hits hard today because he still should be around. He's one of them people that I always said carved out his own space on this planet. Um, there's very few people who do that. There's probably five you can name, but he was one of them who carved out their own space. And um, I'll never forget Mamba. Yeah, rest in peace and continue blessings and prayers for his family, yep. his wife, his other children, and his parents. You know, there was a lot of conversation, negative conversation about his relationship with his family when he died. Doesn't matter um, to anybody except his family, um, you know, what the relationship is or was. But, you know, God bless all of those who, not just from the outside, but from the inside, who were impacted by his death. And to the other passengers that um, also perished in the crash when, when Kobe and his daughter um, uh, passed. You mentioned, um, you, this just popped in my head, if you don't mind me asking. Nope. And we may have asked this in some sort of facet previously, but you mentioned five, about five people who made their mark on this world. Dinner table set, <coughs> um, you and five guests. Who are they? Wow, um, me and five guests. Dead or alive? Kobe. Um, Jay. Um, Kobe, Jay, B. Gotta ask somebody there to look at. Um, you. One more. I don't know. I got to come back to that one. Wow. Stuck on that one. Yeah, stuck on that one. Okay. Oh. Nana. That's dope. Yep, Nana. That's dope. So. Nana would be so funny. Yeah, that would be, that would be, Nana would crack everybody up yeah, there. Yeah, that would be dope. So, yeah, who would be your five? Um, my five would be you, Oprah, Steve Harvey. Oh my God. What? Nothing. <laughs> I kind of thought that. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I love Steve Harvey. I don't care okay. what you say. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Beyonce and Jesus. Jesus. Damn. That's heavy. Yeah. 
That's Jesus. All that I pressure. I got some questions. I want to know how you how I'm doing. I know, but the pressure, like Jesus at the dinner table. He know us anyway. Like I'm gonna crack jokes anyway. What's up, Big J? He do got a sense of humor. Yeah, I got. I want to know how I'm doing. I'm gonna show up to dinner with your toes out and all that shit, with your feet out. Like, Jesus can come as he pleases. Not with his toes out. Don't be lock rude. in on the baby toe. You trying to have a steak? Don't be rude. I'm not trying to be rude. Um. <laughs> topic of discussion is I was talking to somebody who told me that maybe I should express why or how it feels to be in love um so I think I'm going to do that um to be in love specifically with this person um mm. just a man in love so what it means to me to be in love what it may mean to you to be in love I mean you're sitting here too so Obviously, that would come from a woman's perspective. Um, but for me, what it means to be in love and why I take it so seriously, why it's such a big, um, it's a long story, it's a deep story, because our history dictates that, that level of love. Um, our history started when she was 19. Um, she's 41. So there's a long lineage of history that we had. And there's moments in those um years that were poignant in um our transition into love into marriage into long-term relationship and all that so why i love her can be a myriad of reasons which you could probably speak to with questions and things like that um but i just that's what i want to get into why we are the way we are with each other um, I can speak about why I love you, um, and you speak about why you love me, um, and, um, go from there. That sounds good. I wasn't prepared for this, so I had my tissue ready. Um, thank God I don't wear makeup for the show, so I won't be running my What's makeup. What's the tissue for? In case I cry. Okay. I guess I better get some tissue, I got a too. tissue for you, too. I might Don't go to my desk without asking. Okay. Mm. You stole these tissues from the restaurant. That anytime you go to a nice restaurant, you go to the bathroom. And if they got nice hand towels to dry your hands, you put a few in your bag. And if it's a really nice restaurant that costs, you know, a couple dollars, it's not really stealing. You're just like they're they're really putting them there to say, here you are for patronizing us. So So I really don't even know where to start. Um, but our relationship in the beginning um, I would say, feel comfortable saying you expressed your love for me more than I expressed for you. Would that be? I think verbally I did, but actions, if we think in hindsight from a more mature perspective, you did. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, you, like you said, I was more, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, where you were... The, you were the the things that you wanted me to do or not to do was more action driven in an expression of your love for me like he didn't want me staying out late getting high i used to smoke too um you know he wanted me to be in the house at a certain time and at that young age it could almost be misinterpreted as you trying to be controlling but again at 41 i realized like i'm a 19 20 year old girl why am i out in the street smoking drinking with my girlfriends and then coming home 11 12 o'clock at night waking him up having to go to work the next day so i think that expression of love 
it while it, it when we talk about how you show tough love that was there while mine was more you know Verbal. kissy lovey yeah i would agree with that i i remember in the beginning how i felt like you used to express your love to me and i used to um combated for lack of a better term like i felt like i used to always see it coming and try to bat it down like mm. it's almost in a test like i told you this before like almost in a test to see like would she stay or would she go away and i've done some dumb thing i've never cheated on her but i've done some dumb stuff where um i've hurt her and broke her heart and it, it was it wasn't like i did those things to see like okay am i going to push the limit but it was like all that stuff was ultimately um, just to see if you would leave. So question, in hindsight, knowing the situation that you were living in, was it almost like you were you you were afraid to be attached because you thought if if you are attached and now we're living this life together, you know, in bondage, um, for lack of better words then I may potentially leave in the middle of it. So you just didn't want to get attached at all. Right. Because that was my mindset. Being in bondage is like, okay, I can't like, she only going to deal with this for, for so long. So why am I, be, you know, why am I sinking all my time and energy in where she just going to get to a point where she fed up and going to roll. And then obviously at a certain point I was, um, self deprecating because it felt like I didn't deserve you. Like, I shouldn't be in a relationship because of my situation, because of what I'm, I'm, go I'm, what I'm going through, what I was, I was taking you through. I remember in the beginning, you didn't talk to your family much. Um, cell phones was a problem for us. So all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that was in my head. Like, I don't really kind of, I don't really kind of deserve love. I don't deserve for her to like, you know, I, plus I knew you had resources and options, like not much, but you could go somewhere else other than where you were. Right. Whether right. you liked being there was another thing, but you actually had another place to go to, girlfriends, grandmas, what you know, whoever house you wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like she ain't going to stick around. Like, she's going to get tired of not talking to her family. She's going to get tired of us not going out. She's going to get tired of, you know, this wall I have around me. So at what point did you feel... Uh, at what point did the wall start crumbling or did you feel that was it intentional or did you, did it just start crumbling and you were like wait a minute the wall is falling what and what moment did the wall start to to, to crumble right where, where, in the sense of what you letting the wall down or letting me in um wow i know where you might think it would be and you would say it's media but it wasn't okay it wasn't media and we've had an incident where you know, I think you shared that on the podcast before. We was in a hotel and I was scared to death because some rumblings through the air of the people was coming for me and all this stuff. And we was out and went to a hotel and was stuck in this hotel in the middle of wherever. We didn't live there. And it was like, we was scared to death. And I remember telling you that I was scared. But um, ultimately, it wasn't that moment. It was like, just some nonchalant moment that had happened between us that wasn't that significant. And I remember looking at you like, I love her. Hmm. Yeah, like, I love her. I'm not going to say that moment didn't have a significant uh, 
part in it because right. that was the first moment I think I sh I broke down in front of you. The first time I, I cried in front of you. So yeah, it, it played a part in it, but it wasn't the sole reason why I thought to myself, now I love her. Right, and it's crazy you say that because, <coughs> yes, you were, I could feel your resistance, but it wasn't like he was ever, like, dis, you were never disrespectful to me or never, like, I don't know, you never treated me like you didn't want me. It was almost like that, get over here, but don't, like, like, uh, get away, but come here. Like, 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 I don't know, it's weird to explain. You never, it was almost like you just wanted me with you, but from a distance. No, I just wanted you to be, like, I didn't want to be who I was at the time. I didn't want you to be who you were. And I didn't know what that looked like, but I just knew, like, you saw me. I was a ghetto bunny a Yeah, like, bit. you saw I was a ghetto me. Bunny. It was, and I knew you, so that's what it was. It was like, this isn't really who you are or who you shouldn't be like you I know who you are <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying and like I know what your demeanor and what your personality was I don't know who this is but you know this isn't you. and that's why I say that, that <clears throat> even in those moments of you not wanting to express or reveal how much you love me it was that thought process that lets me know like he does love me. He he. You wanted more for me than I wanted for myself at the time. You wanted me to be better. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing where it was like, no matter, you know, how, well, what it was, you weren't, you just weren't as affectionate as you are now, which is just crazy. It was like, you were a completely different person. Now you can't keep your hands off of me, but you were, you just weren't that affectionate. And, but at the same time, it was like, he loves me. He cares about me. He wants the world for me. He would do anything in this life for me. But you just had to grow in those other areas. And I think that's what kept me. In addition to just caring about who you were. Is because that you seen me growing? Well, not so much that i seen you growing. It was that I think, too, that we started off as friends. Let, let's just rewind a little bit. Um... I'll say, like, I was the jump off at first. <laughs> you might not want him to say it, but I'll say it. We live our truths here, okay? So let's rewind. He was in a situation, and he, he was in a relationship. I'm not going to call it a situation. He was in a relationship. I don't want to speak of it. It was what it was. We were friends, and it evolved into something that it probably shouldn't have at that time. And then we went our separate ways because I wanted more. He really couldn't be more. I was still being a ghetto bunny, um, and he... Bust it, baby. It was like, you can't tell me what to do because you in a whole situation. Like, you go home every night. You can't speak on what I do. So, we went our separate ways. Um, probably about a year later, we came back together. His situation wasn't... His situation was over. We came back together, but I could tell his heart hadn't completely left that situation. Now... Fast forward 20 years later, I know why, because of his child. But nevertheless, I knew that he wasn't ready to be here. He was still stuck there mentally. And then we went our separate ways again. And then a month later, we came back together again. And it's been on and popping since. 
<laughs> so that so I say all that to say we started as friends. So during that time when you weren't as affectionate and you weren't we were really 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 we cared cool. about each yeah, other like so we were really really yeah. cool um and that like you said as friends caring about each other's mental not really knowing what that is but just caring about how each other was doing caring about if we ate like just the I wanted things. to make sure that you were okay I knew your situation I didn't know the gravity of it at that time, but I knew that you were kind of on an island by yourself. And I've learned from counseling that I have this parenting complex. Um, so maybe I just wanted to be there to take care of you. But because I loved you and I cared about you and you were my friend. So I think that's what kind of kept me along with knowing like you cared about me. The fact that you stuck through my indiscretions, the fact that you showed up um in the beginning the way that you knew how um was a big reason on why i started loving you um there was obviously the time in media where we had the situation which made that bond a little bit stronger um there was like certain um sexual times that we had that made that bond even stronger or the, the love even stronger but you just like rocking with me, holding me down and me feeling like, you know, I'm a fugitive and I don't have much to offer. And here it is. I end up with a person like you. It's just one. That's just one of the many reasons why I love you. It's just one of the many. Um, you actually taught me how to love. Um, that was the resistance in the beginning was you used to be verbal and all that. And I didn't even know how to be affectionate. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Um, and you brought that to my attention and showed me that, you know, if you care about somebody, you, you touch them, you kiss them, you, 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 you hug them, like you do things like that. And that I learned from you. Like I didn't learn that from, I didn't do that in my other relationships, but I learned that from you. And I, I love you, I, I, I love you for that. So you taught me in a sense on how to love. Um, you taught me what being in love is and what that feels like. And it's weird because it's not like you had an example of it. It's not like you had a good marriage to look at when you was growing up, but in some way, shape or form, you were showing me along the way that this is what it's, it's supposed to look like, or at least you had in your head, this is what I think it's supposed to look like. So this is my standard. And, you know, I rose to it. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I didn't have a good image. My parents were married for almost 30 years. No, I'm sorry, almost 25 years. Um, it wasn't good, but nevertheless, they were married. Um, my grandparents were married, but it was like that typical grandma and grandpa. Well, I won't say typical because I don't have anything to compare it to. You know, grandma and grandpa marriage, you know, they marry. Ain't nobody, they come, you know, they there every day, but it ain't like no lovey devil relationship. My other grandparents were married the same. They worked together, but it, it wasn't anything that I wanted to emulate. So I said those were examples of relationships that I had. And I knew that's not what I wanted. So I guess the only way. I could think of, and not that I had all the answers or knew exactly what I wanted it to look like, but I knew what I didn't want it to look mm -hmm. like. Like, you couldn't put your hands on me. You couldn't cheat. And I remember, 
And, and another thing I will always say, my life is not a revolving door. Like we always had a rule. Like I set, not like to say I set a rule, but from the beginning it was like. Your standard. Yeah, we in this or we not. Like you can't do that leaving and coming back because I don't, I, heartbreak hurts like a motherfucker. Like you can't be leaving me and coming back and leaving. drop a motherfucker there, but go ahead. No. <laughs> you can't be leaving me and coming back then I leave you and come back like. All that revolving door nonsense. Mm -mm. Because once you leave once, now my guard is up and I'm never going to fully be invested because I now I feel like I always got to be prepared because you might leave again. So that was my rule. Like, no revolving door. And, no, you can't call me out my name. Like, right. now, we, you know, you may have heard him joke and like, eh, please. Like, but I'm talking about, like, in a serious argument. I'll never forget... You can't call me out my name and you can't say F me. I don't know why. That was a trigger for me. And I'll never forget you said it one time. And this is when I worked at, you know, the place I was at for a long time. And I went through and I was talking to Trina, I think. And I was like so upset. Like we was arguing. And he said F you. And she was like, you mad about that? And I realized like maybe everybody's standard ain't my standard. But don't ever say that to me again. And you never did. Like, again, we may argue. and Even arguing, I mean, play around even playing around you don't say that though but that was just my standard like don't say that to me because to me that just feels and sounds so finite like that's how you really feel about me so you rose to those things and I, so I didn't have an example of what I wanted but in my mind I knew what I didn't want and just felt like okay let's build from there when was the moment you knew the moment I knew that I loved you like that you thought like I, I love him and he loves me back and this is my person um so i know you would probably think well okay i want your answer i don't want you to try I, to no i was gonna say because we now. always talk about start media dribbling, in. like you start no, going we word always, story to story like come on we always talk about media in i think media in was just like a further conviction of our love but i'll say this this was in i remember the exact month February 2002 you know you was working at your job I was I, I think I didn't have a job I think that was the only period in our life that I didn't have a job from January 2002 to April 2002 um and you weren't at you were with the same company but you weren't at the position you were at and work was slow at your job so you like didn't work for a couple days like maybe I don't know how long it was long story short you didn't have the rent money and you were like tripping like you were so like upset and frantic and like panicking on low keto but like stressing about it and you ended up getting it i don't i think you borrowed it from your old boss who y'all were really tight and you ended up getting it and you promised me he was like for the rest of our lives like i promise you i will always make sure you have a roof over your head I promise you no matter whatever happens that this will never be anything you ever have to worry about again. And I mean, technically you were paying for a roof over your head too, but to like you didn't have to pro like this was your apartment I was staying there. You had to pay rent for your apartment. Mm -hmm. But when you like that just stuck with me where it was like, wow, like he's just like making this promise for the rest of our life to always take care of me like i don't know that so that right there i think was like the first moment where 
I knew, and we weren't at our best at that time, but I knew like this, again, despite you not being very communicative, not being very affectionate, you wanted to make sure that I was okay. Mm-hmm. You 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 were going to be my provider. You were going to make sure no matter what went on in this world, I would have a roof over my head. And that let me know, like, he he does love me. And and I don't even, I mean, at that moment, I remember you, like, I remember the exact image. We had that flower sofa. And, like, I just remember the exact image of the apartment. And I remember you saying that to me. And I don't think, I... I knew at that moment you loved me, but I think as the years went on, it sunk in further and further and further. And we, the rent was always paid when we bought a house. We ain't never missed a month of mortgage in 14 years. And, and it wasn't even anything that I ever had to think about again. You know, it was just like, he said this, was, this would always be taken care of, and I believe him. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the moment when I knew I love him. And as much as I want to make sure that he's okay, he wants to make sure that I'm okay. Even if I don't have nothing, I'm going to have a roof over my head. The, mo- the moment for me, I, I mean, I, I I felt like like shit. I felt like real, like, you know, I'm not a man here. Um, the moment for me, it's it was just a culmination of moments. So it had a lot to do with my situation, being in bond, being a fugitive. And some of the things that you have done over the years, sticking around, through indiscretion, sticking around through the fear, um, sticking around through not having a rent. Um, And I think when I was like 35 or something like that, I would say 10 years ago, I I wanted to start, I started to, my bondage world started to crumble a little bit and shrink in on me. And I felt like I wanted to, um, like I was just grasping my manhood in I wanted to like get my shit together and really dive deep into um, doing the right thing and loving my wife the way I was supposed to, loving myself the way I was supposed to, um, trying to get a relationship with my daughter and do all the things in my life that, um, you know, like to 100%. And one of them was, you know, obviously I felt some type of weight on my shoulders because of everything that you've done for me. And I don't want to feel like it's something that I owe you because I love you, um, you know, as a friend. I love you as a wife. I love you as a partner. Um, And I really do think we soulmates because of how our interaction is. But for me, it was just a culmination of those little moments where it felt like, okay, I want to give this girl um, my whole heart. Like, I want to love her as hard and as long as I can because of the way she showed up for me in my life, the way she makes me feel, even the simple shit, like the puppy love stuff. Like in the beginning, it didn't feel all that great. But then I remember, you know, like little things like dreaming about you or um, just feeling like, you know, giddy or we've had an argument, loss of appetite, like just dumb shit that you get during the feeling like you're in love and in love phase. And so it was just a culmination of moments for me that made me feel like I want to just jump in feet first, love her to a thousand percent and focus all my energy on my marriage and my wife and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And let's just be clear because you said it a couple of times, 
And again, we're transparent. We speak our truths when he speaks of these indiscretions. There were a couple of times in our relationship. And when I say a couple, I'm going to say three. There's only three I can remember. That's a few. That's a few. That's more than a, a couple. couple is two. Okay. Three. Um, where there were incidents, incidences of phone numbers. And I'm talking about more than 10 years ago trying to think of the time yeah more than 10 years ago so there was some incidences of phone numbers um so yeah let's just leave that out there you know when we talk about indiscretions but that was checked quickly early and dealt with no because you you were you weren't clear you you let well, we it had talked about that on a previous show i'm not trying I... to defend anything but you had yeah you had Got got your shit off on a previous show before, and but I sat you quiet. Say, but you were saying because I don't want no trouble. I don't want no smoke. It and ain't I no sat, trouble to I sat quiet. I think it was like episode twenty eight or something, and I just sat quiet. But it was kind of contradictory when you was like, you know, I never cheated. But then when you were saying indiscretions, and indiscretions can be misinterpreted. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, you know? right. I never cheated on her, but I have had indiscretions. Okay. Are they comfortable with that? I am. I'm. I was already comfortable. There's not a person out there that can say they slept with me. Since I've been in her, her since she was nineteen. <laughs> why would you? That since you've been in me, like why would you say it like I that? I want to smoke your boots now. <laughs> three more weeks, people. Yeah, I got three more weeks. I, I'm gonna talk like that. What the fuck? You're my wife. Yeah? We live our truths here. I'm not know, sitting here with a stranger like... with somebody I pretend I don't sleep with. I want to smoke up boots right now. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Um, what does it mean to be in love with me? To be in love with you. Is it hard? It's You know what? No, it's not <coughs> hard. Um, I heard somebody say before that in relationships, you will fall in and out of love. The key is not to stop loving and not to fall out of love at the same time. How many times have you think, do you think you fell out of love with me in 21 years? Um, if I had to guess, I would say 08, 09. Definitely, that that was the one period of time that I was thinking. Um, I'm gonna say maybe I, I would be forcing it because I'm trying to think of another time. So I'm thinking that was like a period of time where, yeah, which that was when we bought this house. Yeah, it was like the yeah towards the end of that year, and it was and it we was got stressful. It, it was. A, <laughs> It was stressful. We it was, was trying. a lot. We was trying. trying. Um, he was like, let's get a place. Let's get a dog. We, you know, we've done... That's another story. Like, our coping mechanism has been off. But, no, we, but we've gotten back better. Then. We've but been yeah. in therapy. We've been healed by some stuff. No, back then, we used to do some... Like, we, 08 and 09 was like the worst years since from 01 till now. Yeah, I mean, and I was thinking of other periods. There were other periods of time that were very stressful in our relationship. I will say this right before you, um, you know, gained your freedom. It was it was so hard because things were closing in on you mentally mm -hmm. and me. And but but I wouldn't say that was one of the periods of time that I fell out of love with you. But I felt like our love was being strained. There was a lot of pressure. So being I would in agree love with that because this my situation was falling apart on me, and I felt and you were like, falling apart. Yeah, like as everybody knows, I've said this before. I felt like hurting myself in those moments. Like shit got really dark, and I don't know. It, 
maybe people don't know what that's like, but to be on a run for so long and you feel closed in, you get tired of hearing this fake name, you it's 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 a uh, yeah, it's 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 a mental shutdown. So and then during that time, it was right before I was turning 40. I was feeling just the life's pressure of how much longer are we going to do this? How much longer can I last? I want to last forever, but can I? Am I faking myself? How much of myself am I sacrificing for the love of this man? I don't want to see him hurt. I don't want to see him by himself. But am I putting somebody else before me? Which in hindsight... It probably would appear to everyone that I did, but I think not that anybody else's opinions matter, but I think what people don't realize is everything that any free man could have done for a woman, you were to me, except we couldn't get on an airplane and anything that required ID, you couldn't show up in that facet. So while yes, I wouldn't recommend that life for anybody because it can be res very restrictive. Um, I think what saved us, though, we grew together through it. I could not imagine coming into a relationship with someone who was in your situation as a 40-year-old woman. Like, hell no. Like, why would I subject myself to that? That's hard as hell. But because we started so young and grew into it, it, that's how our lives were structured mm -hmm. and and we kind of adjusted to the unnormal but back to your question what it is to be in love is I think to be, to, to take that ride that up and down roller coaster and you be so in it that you 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 come with the highs you come with the lows and you stick it out when you're in love in those moments it it supersedes the negative the negative things that may have happened because mm -hmm. it's like, all right, I know this is going on, but that's still my baby. I know this is going on. I still got to feed him. I know this is going on. I hope he's having a good day. I know, you know, we ain't on best terms, but I got, you know, I got to make sure he got lunch. I, I, it's that still wanting to make sure that you're okay because despite whatever the current situation is, I know where my heart is. I know we're going to get past this and I know that you know, on the other side is our is the happiness that we had before whatever situation we're currently in. Mm -hmm. So to me, that 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 was being in love. It was like, no it's, matter what, I'm gonna make sure you're. It's right. crazy you explained it that way because that didn't come for me till later, like at least three years ago. Wow! Because I always felt like. I don't know, like, if this could be the end anytime we argue, especially if we argue, like, and when I say argue, like, we know how to argue. Again, we don't call each other out our names. We don't say shit to each other that we can't say sorry for. So, or that we have to say sorry for. Yeah, that we for. have to say sorry for. Um, so, what was my point? You said it wasn't until three years ago. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't, I always used to think, like, okay, this is, like, what's, like, have that thought of, what's life like single like what's life like without her because you were growing in a way where i still was stagnant because of my situation which ultimately played a little part in the pressure on like i, I never said you like put pressure on me because you never did but the way that you was growing and the things that you the shit that i couldn't do became more embarrassing and i'm talking about grown people out 
want to go in somewhere and they carry people and it's like, mm, can't go in there, Tosh. Or, you know, see a trip on TV and I'll get up and go get something to drink because I know she going to comment about it because I don't have our ID. We can't get on the plane. Or a friend of her says she's going on a trip or something and it's like, damn, like these moments used to be so far and, and few between in our relationship. And then at one time, it just became so frequent, like three, four times a week, it was coming up. The fact that I don't have ID, I can't do this. I can't show up for her like this. I can't go rent a, a room for me and my wife to stay in if I want to. I can't reserve a restaurant because this restaurant has a credit card and I have got to get her to, to do it for me. And it's now it ain't a surprise. Like it was such a, a whole lot of little shit that just the camel that, you know, the straw that, that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. So did you think that even, so because of my growth and your stagnation, did you think that I was going to eventually grow beyond us? Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was inevitable. It's that's something that was going to happen whether you wanted to or not. Like you just would have outgrown the situation. And it's not like, you you tried for two years and bailed. Like, you tried. Like, 20 years, you tried. And it's like, no. Like, I can't not go nowhere when I'm I'm 40 years or my 40th birthday or I'm 60 years old and I've been, I ain't been nowhere. Like, because I love you. And it's like, again, that, not guilt, but just remembering the stuff that you've done for me, the way that you showed up in those ways, the way that you, the stuff that you put on the back burner to make me feel comfortable is a, another one of the thousand reasons why I love you. So, I love you. I love you. And I, one of the things that I never wanted to do, because I did those things because I wanted to, like, because I cared about you and I wanted to make sure you were okay. Was traveling something that I always wanted to do? absolutely. freaking lootly it, 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 at the same time, I thought to myself, it's weird to say, like, it, would my life be over if I didn't? No. Would it feel good? No. But would I be okay? I think so. I hope so. And then at some part to me, I would think to myself, you know what? All the sacrifices that we've made together, um, I'm just going to he's just going to have to accept the fact that I'm going to go on this trip with my sisters or I'm going to go on this trip with Toya, you know, and I'll be back. I love you and I'll be back. If you make the decision that we can't be together because of that, it's going to hurt that that's the decision that you made. But I think, I don't think for me, I ever thought to myself that I was going to leave you. I just hoped and prayed that at some point, our love would be able to sustain that. But at the same time, I thought to myself, damn, like, these are things I want to experience with my best friend. Yeah, I don't think it would have, though, because I wasn't who I was then. And I was broken. And I think I was so selfish and um, couldn't, couldn't face the hurt that I probably would have did something stupid like that. Like, gave you an alternative, like, okay, I'm out. And did some dumb shit, like, been sitting somewhere I don't want to be just out of stubbornness and just out of anger because I was broken like I didn't know how to handle something like that to that magnitude like exactly it was like 
Do you not remember the conversations we had about sharing experience, like our experiences and going places? Now you want to leave me? Like, right. that shit just broke my heart. And then it was like, okay. Like, it just, it was, just, I don't know whether God, I mean, well, I know God just put the stars in line, but you turning 40, it all happening before then, the, the way it was affecting me, the, the mental breakdown, like, I don't know, it just all lined up. And which is ironic because we get in our first year of marriage and it don't feel like 08, 09, but it's like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't, yeah, like, what's going on here? You know what? Going back to... Not to cut you off, but that was the time where it was like, I didn't feel like 08, 09, where it was like, okay, fuck it. She gonna do her thing, I'm gonna do mine. It was like, okay, what's the fastest way for us to communicate and talk and push through this? Now I feel like you felt like, whatever this is, we gonna get past it and the happiness is on the other side, but I'm fighting for it. Like, this is what I want. This is who I love. This is who I'm going to fight for. So if I love her and I I fight for her, then everything should work out. I think for me, it was a couple factors. Like, again, that no revolving door, I stood firm on that. So my thought was always, do you really want to leave? Because if so, that's it. Like, we're not about to do this. Like, I'm leaving and then I'll be back in a month. Or you leaving. Because if I go and find me an apartment or something somewhere. Because by 0809, you know, financially, I was we were doing well. Both of us individually. So it's like, okay, if I go find me an apartment, I'm set up. Like, I just never wanted that to be a part of my life. So I think that's what I always kept in mind. Like, if you leaving, you going. Like, it ain't no coming back. This is the new life, that the new path. And that might be selfish, I don't know. But that was the mindset that I had. I think in 08, 09, it was an example of those growing pains that we talk about where Mm -hmm. we bought a house, but you still weren't the person that you are now. You were better, but you still weren't the person Mm -hmm. that you are now in terms of showing your love, showing Mm -hmm. your affection, opening your heart. And what happened, this is just, it's crazy how tragedy sometimes, and I don't want to say like nobody died, we're still here, but 08, we bought our house, May of 08, around like September to February. It was tumultuous. I'm talking about like, like it was bad arguing. It felt like every day, like, going to work like it just it was bad ironically which is just weird when you think about it in hindsight and that probably added some pressure too i was going through fertility treatments and mm-hmm. stuff um you know so it was crazy like going to which was another doctors. thing that i didn't have id for that i couldn't really show up the way i was supposed to which another thing that played on my mental that probably in that moment she wasn't thinking about yeah like we went you know as far as we could you know he had tests done and things like that i had tests done but then it was like okay now if you want to start doing these other procedures he needs id so again you're right in hindsight just thinking about the pressures and stuff like that but i went for so that that was that started may i'm sorry september of 2008 through february march 2009 I go in for a procedure, you know, just for them to kind of look at things, look around, make sure everything is good with my goodies and all that. And a medical accident occurs. Now, And it's crazy because I remember the morning that I was going for the exploratory procedure. Mm-hmm. We were not on good terms. Like, 
and it's we're going through these fertility procedures not couldn't stand each other but we doing it and we weren't on good terms you know we got a dog <laughs> we always get a damn sick, dog super sick almost died i got and that sick was the whole thing. and then it, that was the thing that so that well, you know me being in the hospital i think we talked about that before him being there and that was like almost like in a video game like you reach the next level. Like, <laughs> you reach the next level of love and showing up. And, like, I don't, it, again, it was like, damn, before this, we wasn't good at all. But, and then through this tragedy, that moment, I don't know if that's where you, like, turned it up a notch in terms myself, of caring. I had to ask myself, do I love her? And those are the questions I used to ask myself. Do you love her? Are you still in love with her? And do you need to see her every day? And obviously you was, I didn't like you, but you was at your weakest point. And it was like, okay, like, it's not, it's different. I love her and I, I this is who I'm coming home to, but are we getting along right now? Fuck no. But she's sick as hell. And now I see how serious she is sick. I need to be there for her and push that aside. And I wanted to show myself that um, I could do it. I wanted to show you. I wanted to show anybody in your family that thought, you know, I wouldn't show up like that or be there like that. I, 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 just, I wanted to show God. Like, I just wanted to be there in every way, shape, form, or capacity because I seen you at your... And it was like, damn, this, the nicest person that I know, even though I don't like her right now, but she's been nice to me over the years and she's this shouldn't be happening to her. And she's scared and she weak. And who the fuck would I be to just like leave her like this or act like I'm still mad at her? So, yeah, I, it, it, it wasn't no other choice. It wasn't no other option but to do with exactly what I did. And I think from there, we started to grow. And I think you kind of went up on another level because you probably looked at me like, OK, like, I don't expect you to bail on me, but I don't think you. I don't think you thought I would show up the way that I did. I Not didn't. to in my own home. I don't know what I, I expected. I just don't think you thought I would go home. Like, you didn't think I would stay in the hospital as long as you was in the hospital. Yeah, I don't really know You don't know think what... I would get like that with security or be like that with doctors or have something to say or questions to ask. You know, I was your advocate. Like, nobody was in there asking the doctor. The doctor came in and was like, yo, I'm her husband. Like, talk to me. And they spilled everything out and i i divvied the information out to people and i didn't lie about nothing but it was like no i'm here taking care of it y'all gonna go home and do what y'all gonna do i can't even fucking function until she's standing upright so for me slide these two chairs together and bunk up because you, you ain't going home till she's going home <laughs> And it's, it's so I, and I like I said again that was like a level up moment for us um because after that I think we could not to say we didn't have any bumps in the road any rocky moments but I think we continue to elevate at mm -hmm. some points in a row you know we hit you know kind of roadblocks we had financial situation where I took a new job and I took an eight thousand dollar pay cut but there was a conversation we had to have and he's like okay if this is what you want to do go ahead and do it and you know we'll have to make some sacrifices but do your thing like so we continue to progress through those moments and then so comparing that 2008-2009 turmoil to our year one turmoil I think the difference was that like this was another 
moment in our life where we were leveling up, but the expectations were through the roof. Yeah, and it was kind of like, oh my God, can we, can we, um, can we meet the expectations? Not without help. Can we meet the bar? <laughs> not without help. Well, yeah, not without help. And, and this is I knew the, we could meet the expectations, but I knew we are not communicating. Like this is, like this is my wife. We're not communicating. Like again, we and we've learned over therapy. All I want to do is be heard and. You you want to explain it like you have your process. I have mine. Let's mm -hmm. just leave it there. But it was like okay, we have to communicate. Not, let's just not bail on each other. Like we just got married. Like this isn't what this is about. Like we're struggling here, and we need to do something to fix it. And it was kind of hard to get on the same page about fuck it. We gonna go to therapy. Like because it's not working. Like you're not hearing me. I'm not hearing you. But I love you, you love me, and you ain't going nowhere, I ain't going nowhere, so we need help. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that's when it started to click, because it was like, okay, sit down with somebody who mediates and says, okay, this is where you might be wrong, this is where you might be wrong, this is where y'all can do things different, and then boom. I, so I think for me, the, the most important thing that I learned through therapy which is another reason, I'm sorry for cutting you off, which is another reason why I love you, is the fact that you were willing to do that. Like, to me, that's what I mean when I say fight for us. Like, you see us crumbling, you see us struggling. Okay, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, uh, the solution? Right. And for, for both parties to be like, okay, I'll try that, I'm open to that. That's another reason why I love you. Because I knew for me, the dispo, like, I, I think one thing that, is wrong with a lot of relationships and what i realized is it's so easy to walk away mm -hmm. now i'm not talking about the paperwork and divvying up finances and all that but it's so easy to be like nah i ain't doing this because fighting for it means you got to face some ugly truths mm -hmm. about yourself not even about the other person about yourself and, and some and sometimes it can be the other person but sometimes what i think or what i've learned about me is it's you that maybe has to change the way you look at things and the other person has to change the way they look at things so that you both can have a different view from the other other's perspective, if that makes sense. You gotta start so, looking at the person like they're a whole person. And, and I think for a while you look at people like they're just an extension of you. Like they're supposed to like what you like or do what you do or, or think how you think because they're, Y'all just been together for so long, but that's a whole nother person with a whole nother mind and brain, and she think different, he think different, and it's you gotta compartmentalize that. And I think one of the fallacies that that so many people have or live by is that I am who I am, or that's just the way that I am, and that in of itself can be so detrimental when you think that you don't have to change. And it doesn't mean, oh, I have to change for that person. But when you think about it, you're really changing for yourself and it benefits you. And I think that's something that we both learned. I know for me, I've learned that there are things that not necessarily I can do better, that I can do differently. And it doesn't compromise who I am. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm um, decreasing myself or I'm lowering who I am or I'm, you know, uh, Walking, walking in your shadow, but it means that I'm honoring our relationship. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's okay to just not respond. Sometimes it's better to choose peace over, you know, hostility. Or it, you don't always have to be right. And the most important thing that I learned is that you're my priority. 
our relationship is our is our is my priority. I anybody who knows me knows how I feel about my sisters. That goes without saying. Knows how I feel about my kids. That goes without saying. This you're my priority because this relationship. Hopefully they find husbands and they live happily ever after. Hopefully our kids find husbands and wives and they live happily ever after. We're but while they're them. living happily ever after, I want us to still be happily ever after mm -hmm. along with them. So that, and not not only that, which I don't live to say we have to be an example for other people, but I would love if that is a result. Now, they may not like our examples. Mm -hmm. That's fine, too. But there's people that I look, I mean, I'm not going to name them, but there's people that I look out to, whether they be celebrities or not, that are black, that I think are in line with us where it's like I like that relationship I like the fact that they in love and you kind of want to just not emulate it but be that too you want somebody else to look at your relationship and be like that's that's dope they love they really love each other I only know one other couple like that and, and not no shade to what you're saying celebrities I just feel like it's pictures and just like with us I mean we do this podcast so y'all know a little more about us than like celebrities look just looking at social media or pictures or stuff but you really don't know what the hell goes on behind closed doors no. so like I can look but at I like, think I relate more to the ones that's transparent Oh, so if I know a little bit about you, then I know a little bit about you. If I don't, then I'm not talking about okay, you. Okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah, like you know, Steve and Marjorie. I Steve love Steve and them. Marjorie is okay, but when I look at like a Styles and Arjua, you know, a couple like that, like I, I dig, I dig. I, DJ Envy and Gia. Yeah, yeah. I, I, dig I mean, shit I, like I Charlemagne and his wife. I dig couples like that. So I see stuff like that. I know a little bit about the background, and it's like that's what's up. Like. Charlemagne's a transparent dude, and it's like, you know, I cheated on my wife three, four times. Like, I just started being in love with my wife five years ago. I can, I relate to, not the cheating and, and all that stuff, but I can relate to the, to just coming to a point where it's like, fuck this. Like, I'm in feet first, and I'm loving my wife, and she's my queen, and this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does, you know, um, the Boyntons, I love them. And, and this of is course. one thing that I've learned. Everybody's love, their style of love and their relationship requirements may be different. But at the end of the day, as long as nobody's being hurt and everybody's being fulfilled and God is in the middle of their relationship, then that's a beautiful thing. So you may not know. I'm not saying you got to know every detail about what goes on in people's relationships, but I love the Boyntons. I love the Rhodes. Mm -hmm. I love the Dairies. Like, because of their commitment to each other. You know, again... The, Everybody may maneuver differently in relationships and have um, they, they different my, standards, but those would be the people that I would say. They would be say. my same couples if we wasn't talking about celebrities. Yeah. 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 The, the dairies, the roads, that's, that's Toya and them. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely the Boyntons. Yeah. I mean, the Boyntons is like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love them. So, yeah. Um, you, you would, I mean, everybody don't have all the answers, but, you know, they seem to look like they do. And, and again, but see, that's they the thing. They will be the first to tell their, you they don't. But but their answers may not fit our puzzle. Right. Our answers may not answer their quiz. You know, we may fail the test if we have to take it for them. Right. But that's what I'm saying. It, it's when you look at the relationships as a whole and you look at the love that's shared between them, the respect that's shared in relationships, those are the things. Be, and, and it makes me, now, don't get me wrong, I have other friends 
who are married and it makes me feel good to know that i don't know a, a lot about their marriage like you know my girlfriend annette and her husband have been married for some time misty and her husband mm -hmm. crystal and her husband i don't know a lot about their relationships per, you know up close and personal but just the fact that i know that those are examples of black love um um dr tiffany daly and her husband you know the love that she exemplifies for her husband so those examples of black love and relationships those are the things that i admire especially because um they are people within our generation where you know growing up not only did our parents not have relationships for us to look up to it's not like they had friends like you'd be like oh my mom you know friend and her yeah. husband like you know we didn't see that mm -hmm. so it just it feels good to know that um i have friends and and people that i love who are also being loved um enough to fulfill them yes yeah, yeah. so do i, I got a couple friends yeah that, yeah it feels good yeah, yeah. a couple friends that's mine and they love the shit out their wives scientifically love makes you feel exhilaration euphoria Increased energy, sleepiness, loss of appetite, and a racy heart. So real quick, when when do I make you feel exhilarated? When you, and, and not even in a sexual way, but when you touch me. Like just this, the, the simplest thing of you, you know, maybe just rubbing my face, telling me I'm beautiful. You know, when you come up behind me in the kitchen and hug me and kiss my neck. Like those um uh, unexpected moments of affection whether it's physically or verbally you just saying something you know to me that makes me feel good you know when you bring me home a coffee like oh when I love do, coffee. Uh, when do y'all make you feel euphoria in three weeks you're gonna euphoria rise me okay. <laughs> no but um you could say sex. I was just asking. I mean, but also, you know, when we when we are having our moments, you know, like before the show, you know, we was dancing and vibing and let when we are together and having fun and just laughing. And that's probably why I don't have to do drugs because, and I'm not saying, this might sound so corny and cheesy. It really, it makes me feel high. Like, like just when we together and when at the end of the night, it's like, oh, my God, my cheeks hurt so bad because we've been laughing and just having a good time all day together. Which is weird because quality time is your number one love language, but I enjoy it so much. When do I increase your energy? When do you increase my energy? Um, That's probably during sex, too. I'll be having to show you what I'm working with. When do you feel sleepiness? You are like my cuddle buddy, you know. <laughs> we nap and we get it. And let me tell y'all, you know how kids have like a blankie at night? And even when like we're mad at each other, like I would slip my hand under him. But at night if we sleep, I might be stretched all out over here. He stretched all out over there. You know, we got a king size bed. I just got to like have one little hand on his brown skin. I'm out like that. <laughs> It's, it's, it, he is my blankie. Like, but at night we, you know, we, he's big spoon, I'm little spoon. Well, sometimes I'm big spoon and you little spoon. Depends on who want to be yeah. big spoon, little we, spoon. You know, we fly, ask him, you coming over tonight? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we, when we are like together and chilling. When did you, when do you have loss of appetite? When we not doing good. It's, it's either up or down. Either I don't want anything to eat or I want to eat everything. Like I just feel like. 
I just that's feel your, like, like demonstrative way of getting back at me. Not even things. getting back at you. It'd be, it'd be in my mind, really, when I think about it, it's my F everything. I don't care about nothing. I'm going to just eat these calories. I don't care. I'll, I'll, I know I'm not 600 super, pounds. Huh? I know I'm like, what, what am I watching what I'm eating for? I don't care about nothing in this world. What a yo-yo. That's the stupidest thing ever. Or if I'm really, really sad, it's like, I'm just going to bed. I don't want to eat. <laughs> Which, uh, when do I give you a racy art? Um, when you, again, when I, when I see you pull up in the driveway, sometimes I track your location. I'd be like, oh, you're around the corner. Um, again, when you, like right now, you're making my heart race when you look at me. Um, when you touch me. Sexually and non-sexually. Um, sometimes when you just like look at me from across, like if I catch you staring at me, and it's like you're just checking me out. I love you, Tash. I love you too. I always will love you. I always will show up for you. I always will take care of you. That's a promise I made to you 20 years ago. And I've helped held my end. And I see bigger and better things for us. And you're my dog. You're my person. And... I love you. I love you too. We have unconditional love. We have safe love. And I love you for that. I appreciate it and I received that. Alright. What's your beef? <laughs> How can I have any beef with anything when my heart is melting? Uh, I got a beef. Oh, what's I'm going to okay. switch gears real quick. I do have a beef, but you go ahead first. My beef is... Fashion Bomb Daily had a video of these two girls, no makeup, and then makeup. And for me, I just feel like that's misleading. I don't want to get down on women because I like a little bit of makeup sometimes, but um, I don't like no makeup on my wife. But for other women out there, I like to look at <laughs> that, um, you know, a little bit of makeup on y'all is fine. But y'all misleading men with the makeup if you see this video. It's on Fashion Bomb Daily. It's, am I lying? Did you see it? It's a little bit misleading. There's nothing wrong with having makeup on, going home and taking it off, and you look a little different. These women look like two different women, like totally different. Look like four women. Like the two women before and the two women after. So I just think it's a little bit misleading. That's my beef is with Fashion Bomb Daily. What's your beef? My beef is this, right? And I'm going to kind of tell this story real fast. So, I'm a part of this group on Facebook where it's like black... Whoa, whoa, whoa. A Facebook group? Those people are crazy. No. <laughs> it's called... It's like black black women outdoor living. Something like that. I don't remember the exact name. But basically, it's, a you know, black women talking about outdoor spaces. Like their backyards, gardening, show, giving people ideas of backyard mm -hmm. design, that sort of thing. Sounds crazy. Um, it, it, you know, it's one of them groups where there's way too many people in it. And I usually don't comment, don't follow, don't even look at it because it's way too many people. Long story short, you know, some of these black women, you could, they are living luxurious lives. Like, their homes are absolutely fabulous. Now, sometimes people will comment like, oh my goodness, what do some of y'all do? Because your houses are magnificent. And one of the things, one of the problems that I have with black women is that, 
we never want to pat ourselves on the back or toot our own horns. And what we do instead when somebody, you know, makes a comment like that, we want to put on this false girl empowerment language instead of really empowering people by letting them know what's possible and saying, girl, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a doctor, I'm a judge, I'm a, you know, um, marine biologist, whatever it is. Like, girl, I make my coins, I make six figures, you know, $250,000 a year. That's how I afford this house. I got my PhD. Whatever it is that you do. Or girl, I'm a homemaker and my husband does this, that, and the other and he takes care of home. Whatever it is that we do, it's always appreciate what you have. Don't worry about what other people have. You can make do with your space no matter what size it is. Like not everybody needs the empowerment speech. Some people really might be asking like, I want to know what kind of lifestyle you live. Like I want to applaud you too for being that black judge, for being that black doctor, for being mm -hmm. that bl black gynecologist, for being the black scientist, whatever it is that you do, that black woman. But too often as black women, we're afraid to pat ourselves on the back. We have this language that says, know your worth, but yet we never want to tell people what we're worth. So when you got your girl who looking for a job and she don't really know how to negotiate her salary because nobody wants to speak and, you know, kind of give them some guidance and tell them, look, this is how much you're worth. This is how much you should be asking for. How can she know her worth if everybody want to be hush lip like you don't want the next person to win as much as you're winning? That's my beef. Let's really empower each other by letting others know what the possibilities are. What she said. Um, three grams. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish DUI. She spoke on it th this week. Mm-hmm. She spoke on it this week. She said it was due to grief because her mentor was Bob Saget and her grandma died. Oh, wow. And I empathize because my grandma died. And um, I'm not saying you should go out and drink and drive. I always will disagree with that. Um, that's probably one of the stupidest things you can do. But I understand the grief. I understand the hurt. I understand the pain, um, especially with her grandmother. Yeah, I'm happy that you, unless, you know, again, we speak our truths. We're transparent. We have both been drunk. Tips I don't want to say driving. drunk drivers, but we've been drinking and driving before. Um I, and I, I am happy that this was an incident where, you know, she, I, they said she fell asleep. So the cops stopped her. Um, she she, nobody her was hurt. And she didn't hurt herself. Hopefully this is a lesson learned. And we talk about mental health a lot. Grief is something that you can go, you can see a grief counselor for. Yeah. Because it's something that can uh, impact your um, mental well-being drastically. Like that's a heavy load to be carrying around. Especially when you know you got to smile and, excuse me, live your regular life throughout the day. But you got this heavy thing hanging, you know, in the back. So, you know, best wishes to her. Hopefully her punishment isn't too harsh. But hopefully it's enough to warn people that it's just not cool. Depending on what the laws are in Georgia. Um, again, I didn't know that her mentor, she was like, I spoke to Bob a lot. And he was a good mentor for comedy for me. But her grandmother, like that I definitely can relate to. Yeah. Being as though my nana um, passed away not too long ago. So I understand that kind of pain. Um, this is something you could probably speak more to. Georgia pastor and his wife held disabled people against their will in the basement. So, <laughs> th this is bad. That's not funny, but go ahead. 
because th this is the thing with social media, with media in general. I'm not going to just say social media because this is a news story. Is that they put these headlines up and people are criminalized and demonized for it without reading this story. I too saw the story and was like, what the hell? And I'm not saying that they're innocent of anything. But what I am saying is that the headline was misleading. So really quickly the people were ages 25 to 65 it was eight people yes they kept them locked in the basement from 8 p.m until the morning time because these were people who were some physically some mentally disabled so we know if you have a mentally disabled person who may not be physically disabled you they if their living quarters are in the basement they can leave out they can be roaming around the house they can do anything they can cause damage so they did lock them in the basement during that time frame whether that's a i mean it's it's kind of like if you're like in a psychiatric institute or something like they lock the rooms at a certain time so that you don't harm yourself or others I don't know if that was allowed, but that was the fact. Um, and then they said that these people were stealing other people's money. So what I read is that these people had other people responsible for their finances. So really quick, if you are a person who is disabled and I'm responsible and I get your, whether it's Social Security or whatever, check. You sign me up for that. Wacky I sign you to go live in their home because they had a group home, but there was some licensure mix up or whatever. If I, if I say, hey, I want him to come live in there, I'm going to sign his check over to you every month for you taking care of him for room and board. So that was the full story. Now let's let the courts do what they're going to do to figure out was it legal? Was there any mistreatment? Was there any abuse? Were they really starving them? That part I can't speak to, but that's all the facts. I think sometimes On people do this stuff. clickbait yeah, of putting that, these headlines. The headline was clickbait. I, I agree with that because it said they, it was a couple that held yeah. disabled people in the basement. The, the lock on the door is a no-no because that kind of shit's a fire hazard. So the lock on the door is a no-no. Fire could start in the house and they get the fuck out and um, the people could die down there in the basement, especially since they disabled. Um, the fact that people are signing over their checks... I don't know if it's like, okay, the check comes in my name. We can't transfer it to your name because you're a third party. It's not That's not going to happen. So the fact that I'm a relative and I can sign a check over, you keep them and take care of them and do what you want. You feed them when you want and, you know, wash them, change their clothes or whatever when you want. Because it's not like those people are checking up on them. And then I take a portion of the money and give you a portion. I don't think they was just getting the check, signing it over completely to the third party people. Well, no, they were them paying the them whatever the fee was. Right. So maybe the fee and wasn't... And keeping probably holding on to the rest of the money. I don't know. I don't know. It says signing over the check. You can third party endorse a check. No, third party endorse the check is fine, but I don't think I don't think if they were getting $2,000 a month, they were they were just signing over the $2,000 to the people who were keeping them in the basement. Maybe well, they, they should have been, because uh, if you're not taking care of the person, why are you <laughs> keeping any of the money? I'm saying maybe they signed it over to look like they endorsed it to the company to do it but maybe the kickback was you give me a thousand back because i know what you're doing over there y'all locking people in the basement okay so let me ask this i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying about locking in the basement let's say it's not a basement situation if you if if it was a bedroom you can't have a lock on it the minute you put a lock on it you're holding people in there against their will but so what about and i'm seriously asking this what about the danger of that person leaving out the room 
roaming around the house, like doing something that could potentially harm themselves. Like, what if you have a mentally challenged person that may fall down the steps if, if you let them out their room on what if their they, own? What if they hurt themselves in the room and the door is locked? What if they, they having an accident or something inside the room? What if they hurting an, uh, there's just one that can walk and move and he just mentally challenged and he hurting somebody else? Okay, I just... You can't lock them in a room okay. under no circumstances. I understand. I mean, yeah. That's just wrong. I'm not excusing their behavior. I'm just asking questions, and I'm trying not to demonize them before the court does their due diligence. Um, last Graham, Nisha Harris Brazil. Mm, I don't know that name. 16-year-old girl who planned a botch robbery with her girlfriend's father at a fucking fast food restaurant, and... Dad comes in, comes around the drive-through, supposed to with a gun. She's supposed to yell, "He got a gun!" And they take the money because it's late night and it's at the at the window. Well, dude in the store realizes some robberies happen, and he pulls out his gun and shoots at the dad and kills the girl because she in a line of fire. Dad pulls off. Dude who shot, they can't find. He in the wind, they can't find him at all. And sixteen-year-old girl did. Yeah, this, I, I didn't recognize the name when you first said it, but I did read this story. Horrible. First of all, for the dad that's planning a robbery with your daughter's best friend. Like, you are complicit in it's her 16. murder. Yeah, you are complicit in her murder. No, the plan wasn't for her to be killed, but you involved the 16-year-old. You bum. Instead of getting a job, you bum. You involved the 16-year-old in, in robbing her job. She was 16 and had a job. But yet you're going to come and rob her job. You're a bum. You're complicit in her murder. The guy that killed the... He, he, I read, he was an employee there. So he called himself trying to do some like James Bond stuff and pow pow shoot at the robber. But again, didn't have a good shot, which is the reason why so many of these murders happen on the street. People just pop, pop you know, shooting wildly and not knowing how to shoot. Um, you know, so unfortunately she ended up dead. It's, it's such sad circumstances, but you know, the guy who, who called himself trying to like be the hero, you know, at that situation, to be honest, I mean, I don't know. Cause they said that dad had a gun. Cause I was going to say, just let him rob yeah, the store. Why that, pull out your he gun? He was supposed to, but you know, I guess it's to, to make it look good so that it doesn't come back on them. On the employees. But he didn't have anything to do. No, I'm talking about the guy who did the shooting. But I guess if the dad had the gun and he felt like he had to protect her. It's a horrible situation. But the dad is a bum. And, and plus he's complicit she yelled in her out, murder. he has a gun. That was the, the plan. So she yelled that out in the middle of the store. He has a gun. So obviously he going to think he got a gun. Even yeah. if he didn't see one. A horrible situation. Rest in peace to her. And I, you know, it, it's sad. And, and you know who is really sad for? The daughter who now, but I, and I heard that she was charged possibly because she was in the mix somewhere of the planning. Yeah, too. They, all of it was yeah. in planning. So then your dad's going to jail, your best friend is dead, and you're going to jail too. Yeah, because of your dad. Situation. Like, how stupid. That's a sad situation. Um, Act 2 the podcast, episode 55, wrapping up. That's five five. Like single, single. Share, post, engage. We appreciate it all. Thank you. Um, Act2thepodcast.com, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Spotify, YouTube, Radio Public. Damn, you all hit the them platforms. all. 
all the platforms that we're on, all the platforms you can see our faces. Um, so yeah, we appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe, subscribe. 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 <laughs> My lips dry. Subscribe. It's a big ass fly. Man. Yes, and it is so distracting me. Like you know, it's the dead of winter. Um, I think it came from the attic. All the platforms, like, share, subscribe. We appreciate it. Act to the podcast, episode 55. If you fuck with us, you fuck with us. If you don't, you should. Peace.